We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the NFL trade deadline. We're going to play some spitball and give you the games of the week and our picks. So stay tuned. And we're back! Yeah, yay! <laughs> Everyone's here. For New God's studio. sakes. Let's get it. What's up? I let's get it. Let's get it. I did that intro about 5,000 times just now. So annoying. I don't know what's going on with me. <laughs> well, we perfected it, though. Yeah. Danny stole my keys, everybody, so I'm a little flustered. Uh, I might be a little off right now, but I have to go <laughs> into the city now to go get my fucking keys to my own house and car. But you're, so. running, but you're running back, though, which is... I'm not running back from East 80th. That's what you just said. No, I'm going to run to... The, I'm going to take a cab to the city and then run down First Avenue and then run up maybe to the 59th Street Bridge and then take another cab. I'm not running all the way home, bro. You know how far that is? I mean, you real G or what? I already ran today. I'm not trying. <laughs> I mean, I'm not in that kind of shape yet that I can just run like. I've seen the bicycle in the living room. Like, you could really want to get after it. Yo, yeah, no. that would be fire, bro. That'd be a nice uh, nice trip. My my bike, the tires are fucked up, though. Man, my bike got stolen. I'm mad pissed about that. What, you left it outside? What, you in a yeah, deli? I know. I left it outside. I locked it. And then I woke up the next day and my lock was all smashed and they like they cracked my stairs too. You know what's funny? This guy, uh, I work in the city, so this guy came in delivering food and uh, it was on the first floor. I was like, yo, right down the hall to the right. He goes, all right, if anyone takes my bike, just shoot him. No question. Just shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Shoot him. He runs around the corner to deliver his food, comes back. He goes, damn, it's just still there. He's like, if this was the Bronx, it would have been a wrap. <laughs> yo, not for nothing. You can't leave nothing outside. I, I was walking down the street the other day and I saw a baby carriage. That was 
uh, connected, like locked onto the, the pole. A carriage. Baby carriage. Missing its two wheels. <laughs> Someone stole two wheels off a baby fucking carriage. That's, That's how you know it's real out here. Yeah, shit is, shit is tough. Do you ever have your bike stolen? Uh, I think so. I had my backyard lock picked and my bike stolen. Yeah. Someone left a bag of tools, everything just there. It took my bike. I was tight. Isn't that crazy too? Like I They probably stole that bag of tools. Nah, they could have. Like when my when I was a kid, my bikes were in my garage and they broke into my garage and stole my bikes. And right next to the bikes were like power tools and yeah. some other shit that like my dad's like, they took the bikes and the rest of the shit is much easier and worth way more. Yeah. But the bikes were nice. I missed that bike. But the bikes like people flip bikes. So yo, in Manhattan, too, where I worked, someone took... I watched this guy. We had it on camera. Took the bike. He lifted the lock. The guy locked it like an idiot. Lifted the lock up, took the bike, and just... He was on a bike, too, so he had a bike, and he was walking with a bike. He's got two bikes? They filed a police report. That's so gangster. They were flipping. Someone was selling bikes up in Harlem. They were all, like, stolen bikes. This guy's got 15 bikes. So he was just going around picking bikes and probably just giving it to the bike shop so, for, like, whatever. Yeah. Strongest guy ever. He's so carrying goes. 15 bikes. Child, yeah, you wheel it along with you as you bike. Yeah, I used to, when I would go into the deli really dumb i would like flip my bike upside down like you would put the the seat and the oh, handlebars yeah. on the ground Why, and, and nah, the, it's not dumb but like the logic behind that was by the time they would flip the bike over and get on it it would stall them just a little bit yeah and you wouldn't <laughs> yeah but i don't know I, I didn't think it was like a three minute process it'd still get the bike stolen nah i think you would see someone trying to steal your bike though so we've all had our bikes you stolen. dip out of the store. i haven't I, I never got my bike stolen i got my uh my razor scooter one time clipped out of my Shout out to Bryant High School, my locker over there. You got your Razor scooter stolen? Yeah, I used to oh. take, you know, my junior year, I used to take. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I used to take my scooter to high school. <laughs> and I was also yeah, the quarterback too. Hold on, hold on. Come on, bro. You kind of lived in scooterable territory though. Yeah, I would just go up 49th yeah. Street right yeah. up here and it, and it was a straight shot, but. It was pretty legendary, though. Cause and, and you're not trying to, for those of you who know a story in Bryan High School, like you're not trying to lock your bike around there. No, no. So scooter not. makes sense. Yeah. You fold that shit up, put it in your locker, you're straight. Yo, know, someone funny. snipped your lock? Yeah. Not the janitor. No, no, like someone actually like clipped my How's locker. How's that happen? Yo, I used no, to have it. So, so the, locker, the locker room there, when you would walk in, it was the varsity locker room. So if you played for a team, you had like the bigger lockers. So my shit got clipped there. No respect. Oh, wait, no wait. respect for the franchise QB. In your <laughs> athletic locker room. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Everything. That's different. No, we didn't have like school lockers where you oh, would go and put like your yeah, books yeah. for the net. Nah, like you would go for gym class and shit like that. Oh, word. Imagine, oh, like, different a, a week later, the, the D lineman all of a sudden has a new scooter. You're like, oh, where'd you get that? It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> just got in the locker room. I yeah. just clipped some guy's <laughs> fucking thing. He's an idiot. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, anyway, uh, you guys want to talk some sports? Mm-hmm. And not us being robbed our whole lives. I got a new tattoo today. Wanted to say that. All right. <laughs> uh, so anyway, football. We should we should <laughs> the, with the trades. We gotta maybe talk about what the Giants are doing. Most notably this week in particular, they cleaning got rid house. Of, they got rid of Eli Apple and uh, Snacks. I mean, obviously Snacks is a bigger loss for what he does for that defense or what he does defensively. I, I remember specifically boss being like yo of all the guys you guys signed in that free agency snacks is going to be the one you'll be the, the happiest with and even our buddy eric who's a big jeff fan too it would say like yo snacks is the big get and snacks snacks is still balling and he's underpaid for what other defensive tackles are doing because he doesn't get sacks but he does everything else that you want a defensive tackle for me that's the biggest loss i mean eli apple was like 
Good luck in your future endeavors. It's been a long time coming. For the Nick Lions. just Millie rocked. We had that on video to like send <laughs> Eli Apple on his way. Yeah. Fire. I hope it was. For the Lions, too, like this is a team that's they've been clicking on all cylinders on offense. They they got a running game for the first time in forever. They their offensive line is finally healthy and finally playing like the offensive line that I thought could play in the beginning of the year. Their secondary has been playing well. The only problem is they're getting gashed on the ground. So they needed a run stuffer. They needed someone to stop that. And we could tell you all of us here have watched Snacks Harrison play for our team, so he know him very well. The difference between what he when he's on the field and when he's off the field is remarkable. He's like Vince Wolfork. He just sits there and takes up two guys. and So it frees up the linebackers to make tackles. It frees up the entire defense. So I think that's a giant get for the for the Lions. And a fifth-round pick, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm confused by that. Why would you like let him go for a fifth-round pick? Like, How much value does that actually have? I mean, it's look, Amari yeah. Cooper went for a first, so we should have gotten two first round picks for snacks <laughs> the way things are going. But that's what I'm saying. I'm so confused by that. It, it it's, could be, be someone for like money reasons. Yeah, it's probably that. It's probably trying for to like the on the Lions side because we all know the Giants don't have issues with right, that. They have you, some of the most room, I think, in the league. You couldn't give up like a third at least? Jesus. I, you know, it, not if, <laughs> that's, that's my response or to that. I don't second. get it either. I mean, the Giants, what'd they get for Eli Apple? A fourth, fourth, a and fourth. a sixth. So they got a, a fourth, fifth, and sixth round pick for a former first round pick and a linchpin on their defense. That's, yeah. I mean, it's pretty clear what's going on. Yeah, we here. won on that one. I mean, you're just trying to clean house at this point. So the house has Clip been payroll. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. And yo, I had a, I put, I put out a tweet, and it's something that I've always said. I mean. Uh, every, everyone knows this where your first round picks are supposed to be the cornerstones of your franchise and the Giants since 2010 JPP he's on a different team but you know what a lot of people check me on this and they're right that we had him during his best like JPP in his prime years he was with the Giants so you can't be mad about that he, he won them a Super Bowl uh, Amukamara he's on a different team he actually left way earlier than he should have uh, David Wilson retired Pew left in free agency Odell is a stud Eric Flowers about damn time he's out the door. Eli Apple's traded. Jury's still out on uh, Evan Ingram. And we got Saquon this year. It's like, yo, what? Three of eight draft picks panned out? Like, you can't have that. And let's not even get into the rest of the drafts. Those, those have been a disaster, too. So this is what happens. This is why teams fall apart when you hit and miss. When, when, when you swing for defenses and you strike out on draft picks like that. Reminds me of the Jets. A lot. <laughs> they, they do nothing in the later rounds, like Hackenberg, Geno Smith, all these guys are early second-round picks. The Jets have a historically bad track record for picking second-rounders, which is why like, I'm okay with them giving up three second-rounders for Sam Darnold. Yeah, like anything three late in the draft. Three future busts, for they, sure. They do well because they pick so early in the draft the last whatever years it's been. I mean, Jamal Adams, Leonard, uh, Leonard Williams. Even then, the choices Darren were Lee. made for them. I mean, yeah, those two, yeah. But, like, Darren Lee has been a great Turning out to be a good pick. Speaking of draft picks, the Raiders, too. They got three first-round draft picks next year. They got two first-round draft picks the next year. Uh, yeah, but they also traded Khalil Mack in, for one of those first-round picks. Sure, but, I mean, like, like I said. I'm sure they, they build, would rather give up all three for Khalil Mack back. I, I don't know. Like, if you see the way this team is constructed, when we first talked about the Khalil Mack trade, I was like, this. I, they I obviously lost it. They obviously lost the trade, but they, if, what are they building for? They know they're not contending this Nobody year. knows what they're building for. They have to like just there's clear. nothing. They're they got to get rid of everybody. It's a complete rebuild. You got to blow it up. Yo, their entire backfield is a combined like 80 years old. Yeah. I mean, Marshawn Lynch just went down. 
Doug Martin's going to take over. And he's 32, I think, or 31, Doug Martin. And yeah. then what's his name? Jalen uh, Richard? Richard? Yeah, Richard. Richard. I mean, it doesn't matter what age he is. He is the suck. No, that kid. That kid I mean, he's younger. I think he's 25 or 26, <laughs> but he's not like whatever. But And then you have Jordy Nelson, who, I mean, has been proven to not be the Jordy Nelson he was with fucking Aaron Rodgers. And then you just got rid of Amari Cooper, Martavius Bryant, Jared <laughs> Cook. Yeah, I mean, nothing. I guess you just named the most makeshift team. I know. Yeah. It's like, like a I, random. Sounds like a fantasy football team. It sounds team. like you joined a Madden league, like Madden late. You're like, I'll just take the Cardinals <laughs> and see who they have. Yo, honestly, if. Speaking of Jordy Nelson, if they're cleaning house, maybe Jordy Nelson back to the Packers. Why not? Yeah, why? If they need another receiver. They're obviously struggling in that area with injuries. I, th- I I like that kid Valdez Scantling though. And, He's been playing well, and they're getting Allison and Cobb back this week for the most part, and Devontae is Devontae. But yeah, it, it wouldn't hurt. I just don't see it happening. I think yeah, there's Oakland just no reason to, for it at this point. Yeah, yeah Oakland have to eat like a ton of money. I feel like because that's the reason why they let him go. They didn't want to pay him, and he's old. Yeah, well, I don't know what the hell's going on there. Also, uh, Carlos Hyde is now a Jacksonville Jaguar. Mm. Uh, I think that just shows you that the Leonard Fournette injury is probably worse than they expected, or just keeps getting like re-aggravated, right? Some setbacks and stuff. Man, there's people out there that probably drafted Le'Veon Bell first round and then took like Fournette or Dalvin Cook second round. It's like Ike. Yeah. When, in terms of on the field, like the, in, if you are the Jaguars, you have a very specific identity, right? And your identity is we're going to run the rock up the gut, we're going to drain the clock, and then we're going to play defense. But with TJ Yeldon, although he's been solid for fantasy purposes, he's not that same in-between-the-tackles bruiser. He's an outside, more slasher and pass receiver kind of guy. So they don't have a guy to control the pace. And that puts too much pressure on Blake Bortles. And we all know, like, when you, when a Blake Bortles gets a lot of heat, but when you ask him to throw 45 times, that's a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't be doing that, uh, especially with the weapons he has. He doesn't have a number one guy that he can throw to 20 times when he has 50 attempts. So when... You add Carlos Hyde, you're kind of you're kind of getting that insurance, like Nick said, for you know the Leonard Fournette injury that this is the injury that never ends. Yes, it goes on and on, my friends. Dun, dun, dun. What what was that? Come on, those lamb chops. <laughs> Yo, no lamb. Damn, that's a long boo. I love this. <laughs> this is such a phenomenal addition. <laughs> the boo birds are out, bro. Yeah. Yo, if you guys are not a fan of Lamb Chop, I don't know if I can be your friend anymore. Bruh. Impy? Uh, uh, I could usually count on you for things like this, Impy. Oh, hell no! <laughs> You're fucking clearing out the soundboard on me right now. <laughs> Rightfully so. Get used to those. <laughs> but yeah, Carl's hide. <laughs> How do we bring this back to What about Amari Cooper? You didn't even talk about Amari. No, yeah, Amari Cooper going for a first round is a little out of control. But uh Cowboys needed that, I think. I, I mean he's a very Des Bryant like player in terms of he can't get open and he doesn't catch well. <laughs> he's right. <laughs> he's much younger though on a cheaper deal than Des Bryant would be on. Right. So, so they basically got Des Bryant's replacement exactly. So let's see yeah. what happens. He should be fed the ball because there's no one else in that offense to feed the ball. Since last time we saw him, he got like his head taken off in London too against Seattle. It's so just, now he's had two weeks to clear protocol too. So it'll be interesting to see if he's ready to go. It's just weird that we've seen this dude play so well and so bad. 
Like, where the f- who are you? Oh, maybe change the scenery. That's, some people you know need that in their life. Yeah, of course. I wouldn't call it crazy. It's, it's, you know, I wouldn't find it crazy. I should say to see him take off in Dallas. No, I think that he can. I mean, where? I mean, because he's going to step right in and be the number one option. Yeah, there's only one way to go. But I got, I got a take on this. I think it's a little foul, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think Jerry Joel, Jerry Jones spent a first round pick on Amari Cooper because he's old. And Wait, he's, what? Because he's old. What you think? Jerry Jones. Spent a first-round pick on Amari Cooper because he's old? Because Jerry Jones is old. Why is that? So it's like he wants the Cowboys to be a contender. He understands that there's a limited number of... Uh, years that he has left? Years that nah, I think humans, Jerry Jones humans live in general. So he's trying to... He's not building for the future. He's, he's building got for right a, now. That defense is legit. That defense line. is a playoff caliber defense. Like if you put that defense on, I don't know, a, a good offense like the Saints or, or like, I don't know. I can't really say a good offense because all these good offense. Like, if they were if that defense was on the Chiefs, they'd go undefeated. If that defense was on the Packers, they'd be a thirteen-win team. That's Cowboys defense. Um, yo, how old do you think Amari Cooper is? Twenty-four-five. He's twenty-four. I had to look it up because I felt like he was a little older, but that that's crazy. Yeah, he's young. I, he just came out. No, yeah, that's a couple a, years ago, three years yo, ago. Yo, Calvin Ridley's twenty-three. He stayed though. Yeah, I'm saying though, it's like pretty sure Ridley entered college mad old too. Yeah, but the knock on him in the draft was that he's an old player coming out. So yeah. it's like, yo, Cooper's still young. So this might be, I don't know, if he pans out and he's the receiver that he was when like ACDC was running wild and like Derek Carr was an MVP candidate before he got hurt, then it, it's not as bad. I still think it's a bad trade because you don't give up first round picks in my opinion unless you're getting a quarterback. That's just me. So for a wide receiver who's not like an Odell type wide receiver, but look, it, it might pan out because he is young. The only thing I can think was like that division is still in my eyes wide open. The offensive line is eh. The running game is there. The only thing missing on that offense is someone out wide. Yeah. So that fills that hole and it fills it big time. So I'm saying Jerry wants to compete now, and not for nothing, Dak Prescott has been playing well. They can't compete though. Why not? I don't think they're good. In you guys division? think they're good? That no, defense the, is legit. Right, yeah, but like, who cares? What do you mean? You get in the divi- you win the division, you host a uh, playoff game. I know, but like, they're just not good. Like compared to the rest of the league, like our division's like not great. I mean, let, let's I see mean, in the NFC the teams that are clearly better. But I'm saying them. you're willing to give up a first round pick to compete for what? To win the division? Big fucking deal. You're, you're, you have no shot. At I, I, I think the theory is you get in the you get in and you, yeah, anything, anything can happen. Yeah. I don't know. Man. I wouldn't say like that's when you realistically look that's at our it, friend Dominic's way of thinking. No, is but like, it's, it's not though. It's not. But dude, we're talking about the future of the team, right? You're giving up a first round pick for this wide receiver that isn't an Odell, Julio, DeAndre. But Hopkins, he's also like people. 24 years old, like Nick said. Like a change of scenery could do him well. I don't, I don't find it that crazy. I find it crazy. I I also I mean don't I wouldn't have done it. The whole compete thing. I don't, I don't like. You know, the compete thing. What do you mean? Like when he I wants to compete, compete now. When I, when I hear oh. compete, I'm thinking of like, we have a shot to go deep into the playoffs. Like, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, there's been Realistically, how many teams are going to beat the Rams? Like, no one's like... But no, I'm not saying that. No I'm one saying, has shown they can compete with the Rams and they're in the NFC, so they should they not make moves? Well, it's not really about that. It's like, I, I don't think, you know, outside of maybe like Philadelphia or some shit, a team that wins the NFC East and is like a legitimate like, yo, maybe... They yeah. get to make a deep run. Like, I don't think the Cowboys are good. Let's look at the NFC Championship last year, though. You got Case Keenum and Nick Foles facing off against each other. All right, but bro. No, like, no, but hold on a second. But that shows you, yo, quarterbacks get injured. If Jared Goff goes down, 
and Sean Mannion has to take over the Rams' offense. That's that's a that's a legitimate thing that could happen. I mean, you could still hand the ball off to fucking what's his name with fifteen touchdowns. I mean, sure. With more people in the box. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, there's gonna be repercussions. Yeah, same thing is same so. thing with this with with but the Vikings. But I don't think the Cowboys are close. I think there's a lot more teams than you think. I hear what you're saying. But I, that's all I'm saying with the compete thing. Like I understand like trying to win your division, but it's like, does this is this was winning the NFC East really worth your first round pick? So I hear you, but it, this isn't like baseball or hockey. It's not a series. It's just like any given Sunday. No, I understand. And that. also look like, at like, domino pieces, game. right? Ezekiel Elliott has been completely ineffective. No, nah. he's been ineffective, bro. Like he's, he's had, had like two bad games. Nah, he's he's had one. To or say two. he's been ineffective is he's not had two right Zeke way games. All right, let I'll. He's been ineffective for Zeke status. Okay. He's been that's for, living up to a big thing. Right, I, right. Okay, he hasn't it. lived up to his his. But that's because he's facing giant cramped boxes. If Amari Cooper can do anything to relieve that and add on to Ezekiel Elliott, now I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but if you think it can, why not? Whatever. All right. Um. <laughs> let's get. To, uh, I want to know some like hypothetical trades that you guys think could possibly happen, uh, at this deadline. So came out last week that Patrick Peterson wants to leave. Yep. And then he put out a, a an article somewhere that uh you know, he's in for the long haul and you know, he said all the PC stuff that he has to say. But I think Patrick Peterson going to the Houston Texans would be a game changer. First of all, he reunites with his boy Honey Badger over there. They need a shutdown corner. Right now, their starting corner is Jonathan Joseph and he's like 34 years old and anytime they get matched up against a TY Hilton a Stefan Diggs kind of receiver, like the, the quick, elusive short guys, he just gets toast. His name is Toast. And their defense is really good. If they had a guy like Patrick Peterson locking down number ones, I think this team would be even scarier. It's funny you say Patrick Peterson because he's the guy, he's the name that's out there. I also have Patrick Peterson, but I think Patrick Peterson should go to the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles' defensive line is very, very good, but not even their pressure can make up for the outrageous disgustingness that's going on behind them uh, by Darby and Jalen Mills. They, they have been really bad this season. Um, so if you add Patrick Peterson, Philly is 26th overall in pass defense. They only have four picks this season. That's tied for fourth worst in the NFL. Uh, he changes the entire game. You know how much a cornerback who could lock down changes things. That gives the entire defense a, another look. So I think that Patrick Peterson to the Eagles is what I'd like to see. Yeah, I don't have Patrick Peterson in any of my uh, hypotheticals, <laughs> but I do have Demarius Thomas. Probably the him and Amari are probably the two biggest names on the wideout market. Um, I kind of wanted to reconsider, but I'm gonna leave it as is because I don't think anyone's trading the first for Demarius. Hell no, he's 30 years old. He's kind of his best years are behind them, but I still trade him to the Redskins. Mm. The Redskins are four and two right now in first place in the East and uh, need any help they can get from a pass catcher. So. I would give up like a third round pick for him. I'd still give up a pretty high pick for him just because I feel like it would definitely help Alex Smith a ton because every week it seems like they're losing guys on the outside to injury. Jameson Crowder on the inside is out right now. Josh Doxson, we've been waiting for him for two and a half years now. I feel like he's a bust at this point. Mm. Um, there's not really much going for them outside of Jordan Reed. It's it's new guys every week, and I feel like Demarius could be that staple on the outside. Also, I think that it's a good fit anyway because Alex Smith is not someone who's driving the ball downfield and Demarius Thomas loves catching those screens and making plays and shit. We're going over these trades, but I just want to say like it's so weird that the NFL doesn't trade more because if Demarius Thomas was a baseball player, his ticket would have be been desired, already yeah. and he would have been gone. 
So, like, what's the point of keeping Demarius Thomas when not only are – first of all, they're going to cut him next year. He's a, he's a $14 million cap hit. They're going to cut him. Well, I think that's why he's going to get dealt. Right. And you got Cortland Sutton. But they, they're saying that he's, he's – no, no, no. We're not dealing him. He's not available. No. Why? Nah, they haven't said that. Yeah, they have. I haven't read that anywhere. I've heard that about Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson, too. I've heard Emmanuel Sanders is not getting dealt. He's no, Emmanuel 31. No. He's 31 years old. But yeah. Demarius is, I feel like, definitely in play. And I haven't seen anything to say otherwise. They, they're saying he's not available. Last time I checked. It's, it's just, I, I also read an update on uh, Roto World that said he, there's a good chance that he does not get traded. Why? What's the point of keeping this dude? I don't even understand it. Hey, you also got Cortland Sutton behind him, it, who's a guy that you spent a, was he a first round pick? Nah, he but was he like, was a high pick though. He was like second, third, yeah, third yeah. second round, I think. So yeah, and, and they're trying to get him more involved, but I think one or the other should go, and both could definitely help. That's Sanders and and Thomas, right, right. Especially yeah, especially Sutton behind him. Sutton was the fortieth overall. Yeah, yeah second I only round took pick. Brad Chubb in the first round, and he's shown signs. Sutton, when he has the chance, he shines. He just doesn't have a chance because he's got two guys that play the exact same position in front of him. Yeah. Does anyone else have another trade? I got another one. This guy has kind of fallen out of favor with his quarterback and his team because of the emergence of a young dude who they're calling uh, Minitron. That's Kenny Galladay. That's the guy that uh, they're calling Minitron. But I I think Marvin Jones, I'm still a fan of his. I still think he's nice. And I think that if he was to go to the Miami Dolphins, they they just lost Albert Wilson to IR. Uh, Devontae Parker... Just got activated for the Thursday night football game, but he's been like on and off this whole year as far as like being active and inactive. And uh, who's the other guy? Kenny Sills is hurt too. So right now their starting wide receivers are Devontae Parker, who barely plays, Danny Amendola, who's in the slot, and Jakeem Grant, who's a bona fide gadget player. Yeah. So I think a guy like Marvin Jones would help him. Devontae Parker too is also like all with that off the field stuff with his agent saying, yeah. yo, he's been healthy. I don't know what the hell they're doing. Pretty much refuting anything Adam Gase has said about Devontae Parker all season long about why he's inactive. He's like, nah, my client's been healthy for Matt long. Just like there's a lot of he say, she say going on over there. So yeah, I mean, stability would be nice. Marvin Jones, he's been at it for years with the Bengals, the Lions. So you know what you're going to get if you're traded for Marvin Jones. And Miami's not putting up a lot of passing yards, but they're extremely efficient. Like, if you look at their uh, production as opposed to the amount of attempts that they've had, they've had a lot out of a little, and that suggests that they're making big plays, which they are. And uh, Marvin Jones is a big play guy, so that definitely makes a lot of sense to me. I'm going to cheat a little bit for my second one. Sorry, I do this a lot. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with a pair of Raiders. So my first Raider is... Kamichi Osimile, I think I got that right, to the Texans. Now, the Texans obviously need some line help. They've given up the third most sacks in the league. He could play guard or tackle. He's a two-time Pro Bowler, former All-Pro. He's also the second-highest cap hit for Oakland. So not only does this make sense on the Texans' side, which Mm -hmm. their offensive line has been playing a a little better with some some reshuffling the past uh, couple weeks, but if you add a guy like Osimile there, all of a sudden that line becomes a little... uh, significantly better when you add a guy like that, when you add a former Pro Bowl or former All-Pro, and Oakland gets rid of that cap hit. Oakland's highest cap hit, on the other hand, is Derek Carr. Now, if you're blowing it up, right, you already traded the quarterback of your defense. Why not trade the quarterback of your offense? And if you look around the league, there's one team that's desperately looking for a guy, and that's the Jaguars. 
So I think Derek Carr to the Jaguars is something that I would like to see because it's not every day that a potentially franchise quarterback is available. And Derek Carr right now is available, according to reports. So if you're the Jaguars and you get a chance to leave that Bortles situation in the past, take this defense, do something with it, and you can hope that Derek Carr becomes the franchise Derek Carr of old. And at the very worst, he's better than Blake Bortles. Well, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anything is better than Bortles at this point. I kind of feel like they're the same person. Nah, you're bugging, dude. Blake Bortles is just more mobile. You think that Derek Carr and Blake Bortles are the same? I don't think it's like that drastic of a drop off. Oh, no, I think you're crazy, bro. I think they're different. Bortles (laughs) hasn't shown me anything. Ever. Yeah, Tim, I don't least, know, Tim. A couple weeks ago, you said against the Chiefs that you saw some like flashes. There. I mean, he played. He played all right. Besides his four turnovers, the problem is he has four turnovers. Four turnovers, exactly. So it's kind of a big deal, right? But I'm saying, like, you like, could see why the Jaguars, Jack. You could see why the Jaguars are like, all right, we're gonna give this guy a chance. Now, I, you know, I don't. Now this was three weeks ago. I said that. Now he's followed that game with another shitty game, and then a completely shitty game. So you, now you're looking for someone. Also, you want to talk about change of scenery, like. What if this dude, Derek Carr, word? Bro, at least we've seen it from him, where he's like, "Yo, you have made plays. That you've, you've seen his ceiling. You, yeah, you've so seen it's like if all goes well, what he could be. You have a potential to do that, and and yo, going to some place like Jacksonville, if you have a productive offense and it makes that defense like even more rested and like just better because you, you're on the field less. Who the hell knows? Derek Carr could be great there. And Derek Carr thrives on being that emotional leader, that spiritual leader. He likes being the leader on the field. And reports out of Oakland said that he's completely lost the locker room. Like, he was crying at one point. And, like, guys lost respect for him. According to reports. Who was crying? Derek Carr. Oh. And they they lost respect for him because he was crying. And, like, they say that when he says shit, people just ignore him. So, I mean, that's the reports. So, if, if... that's even more the of along the lines of a change of scenery. You're talking about Jalen Ramsey was just saying, we all know what's wrong with this team. I'm not allowed to say it, but we all know what's wrong with this team. Is that team. what he said? Yeah. <laughs> that's Goat. A, yeah. So, Did he really? So if he brings if you bring in a quarterback and everyone's like, Oh, fresh guy, let's I'm fucking I'm with it, right? That gives him a chance to be that leader again. I, I think Derek Hart to the Jaguars is the most sensical trade that you could think of. I got Fitzpatrick going to the Jaguars. That works. He saw him his first three weeks put up 400 yards. The Steelers game wasn't all that. And then the Bears game, I don't know. That was an atrocity where James Holtzman came in and hasn't relinquished the job since. But, yo, we've seen Fitzpatrick in this situation before where you step in with pretty much no pressure. With the Jets, you win games. You're, nothing's expected of you the next year. Like, no one's saying, oh, Fitzpatrick will be the quarterback of this team next year. It's just a one, you know, a, what was it? Uh, nine games left in the season now. It's the nine-game mm-hmm. thing. So we've seen him do it before, and he's going to be dirt cheap because he's not worth anything. So I, I would give up a – instead of going for a Derek Carr, I'd give up a later pick. He slings it downfield. He's a he's a risk taker. So I, I he could run the ball too. He's mobile just like Blake Bortles is. I'd take him. See, it, and that, he's fearless. He's he's a leader too. Like we've seen him. And he's a likable dude. You. That's I, what I'm I, saying. Like he's a in leader. In New York, we saw it too, and in, in in Tampa Bay, you could tell. Like the locker room love that dude. Now yeah. he he's a older version of Blake Bortles, though. Like you're getting the same shit. You're getting a guy who slings it around and Blake Bortles hardly slings it around. Dude, though. this guy they're leaning on him without Fournette. He has like 40 attempts a game. Nah, I and he throws it downfield. 
Fitzpatrick, I wouldn't I even, even compare I, if, him If Bortles. I'm being honest, I'd rather have Derek Carr or Fitzpatrick over him. I, yeah, that's not saying much. I don't, like, yo, I just think that, like, at this point, you could see the frustration in, in the Jaguars as well. Like, they're over it. Like, all right, we're done with this. Like, we still buy this dude because we beat the fucking Steelers in the playoffs. Like, but enough is enough. Like, should have beat the Patriots. The magic is fucking, has run out. It's over. That's why I need Fitz magic. He's different magic now. Can you imagine being a fan of a mediocre quarterback just because they have playoff success? Can you imagine what that's like? Wait, uh, you're talking about the two-time Super Bowl MVP, <laughs> Eli Manning? Is that who you're talking about? I thought you were talking about the Jets and Mark Sanchez. <laughs> well, no, that's who, no, that's who no. he should be talking that's about. That's who I thought he was talking because Eli wasn't <laughs> mediocre back then. Bitch. <laughs> I mean, you're wild. And if you think Eli was mediocre back then? Why you being a dickhead fool? <laughs> Stop being a dickhead. That's my favorite one. All right, we're going to move on. <laughs> uh, let's play some spitball here. <laughs> I think I have a spit thing here. Oh, do you? I think so. Hold Am on. I being Thank God. We don't have to hear Tim anymore. Hold on, ready? Oh, that's it. <laughs> nah, fuck that. That yeah. one's way better. Yeah. Also oh, cleaner. Wait. What about this one? <laughs> you spit on the mic all yeah. the time. Thank God I don't use Come that. On. What? Uh, back with a bang. That's you, Tim. Oh, shit. That's me. All right. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Mike Mitchell, who you may, he's a former Steeler safety. Uh, he made headlines last year. He blasted the league over safety rules. We talked about it a lot in, on the podcast. Well, he was kind of blackballed out of the league. Uh, also, 31 years old. So, a little bit over the, on the wrong side of 30. Uh, he was a free agent two weeks ago, right off the couch. The Colts signed him. In those two weeks that he's played, He's been PFF's number one rated safety, and last week he won Defensive Player of the Week just 12 days after re-signing with the NFL. So Mike Mitchell has a chip on his shoulder, and he is showing it. Uh, Victor, Victor, and Victor. <laughs> Victor, Victor Mesa, and Victor Mesa Jr., brothers from Cuba. Hold Son. on, his, his Cuba. name is Victor, Victor? Victor, Victor. That's <laughs> his name, and, bro. And his, brother and his brother's Victor. Victor. Yeah. Victor Mesa Jr., I know two kids named Pops Muhammad. Victor. So uh, anyway, <laughs> the new future face of the Marlins, if all goes right, uh, yeah, they were the they were the prize of the international free agent pool, and the Marlins landed them both. Victor, Victor, the pitcher's so nice, they named them twice. I had kids in high school. He's a hitter. Both their names hitter. were. Excuse me. Uh, Martin Torres. The same person. Kid I mean, my, same kid, uh, kid my was Martin Torres. Kid a year older than us was a Martin Torres, who was his brother, and then his dad was Martin Torres. Brothers? They're all Martin Torres. Yeah. Crazy. I have a Muhammad Hawk and Muhammad Hawk, and his dad was Muhammad Hawk. So weird. <laughs> We're also going first and last name. It's kind of crazy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> two goats missing. For the first time in 11 years, neither Messi due to injury and Ronaldo due to transfer to Juventus will be featured in this weekend's El Clasico. So that's a big, uh, big shoes to fill for these guys. And also, check out the new episode of the lounge i just put out a video talking more detail about this cheap plug uh no excuse november so all right everyone i'm starting something and i'd like you to join me starting next thursday i'm starting something called no excuse november you could follow me on my on my instagram to follow it every day at tim patrop here's the goal it's inspired by sober october by joe rogan on the joe rogan podcast uh 21 days, so three weeks, so from November 1st to November 21st, completely sober, no drinking, no drugs, if that's what your choice of narcotic is, um, no caffeine, although you could be a little lenient on that one. I'm just doing no caffeine because I don't do caffeine in general. 
15 minutes of, of at least 15 minutes of meditation per day, 30 minutes of working out every single day. The goal for me is to get a little healthier, lose some weight, and I want you guys to join me in that journey. So follow it. We're going to create a hashtag for all that. Impy's in. Impy's in. Impy's in. So Nick has been on this train for a while now, so he's in like de facto. And let's do it. Let Come with me. Uh, no excuse November. Follow me on the on the Instagram again, at Tim Petrov to follow that. And then give me your stories, and we'll talk about them here. I'm going to be updating every single week for three weeks in Spitball. That's dope. That's it. Bet. Rage. Uh, back to the original digs. Uh, John Tavares' return game against the New York Islanders has been moved to the Coliseum, Ooh. where he broke in as a 19-year-old. So that'll be, you know, interesting. A bit of nostalgic. Guy's going to have five points that night. Probably, yeah. Probably. <laughs> I mean, might play in NHL DFS just for that night. He's gonna go ham. Yeah, he's gonna, gonna hear a lot of boos too. The fans are going him too. Oh yeah. You think they're gonna boo him? Of course. Hell yeah. Just the way he left. But didn't you say it was understandable? He was a he was a Maple Leafs fan. I thought it was I bad mean, the way that he did one about. A lot of people think it was bad. I thought it was bad. Like he like every interview he said he was like ah oh, I'm signing. He didn't want to be traded at the trade deadline last year. He like asked like he asked trade. not to be traded. So he did a lot of things that was foul to the team before he left. Damn, I didn't know that. That's foul. Yeah. Because yeah. You sabotage the team there. You're not yeah. getting anything. Exactly. Back for him. Exactly. And he did all that. And then he's like, I'm going home. That's it. And it, that's been in the cards since like the day he got drafted because he's from there. I think being a Mets fan is bad. Try being an Islanders fan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, try it. Trash. And having to go to games in that fucking place. <laughs> yeah, those games are mad fun, son. They are because you can tailgate. <laughs> but that. Inside's trash. Outside's great. Nah, yo, the concourse there, they, they've done it up at the Coliseum. It's pretty nice now. It's oh. pretty fire. I only went, yes. the last time I went was when we went, it was the, la- the last, last home, home opener. opener yeah. yeah. It was garbage. Um, <laughs> that was fun as fuck. They won. Get well soon, big dog. Uh, on Monday Night Raw, Roman Reigns, their champion, came out and announced that he's been battling leukemia for 11 years, and now it's back. So he gave up his belt. He's going off to go for chemo and all that stuff. But, yo, there was a tremendous uh, outcry. Is that the right term? Outpour. Outpour. There you go. From, like, athletes across the board. Like, Anthony Rizzo tweeted about it. Todd Gurley shouted him out. Anthony Rizzo is... Cancer survivor. Yeah. Uh, Countless uh, WWE legends, too. And it's just crazy to... To think like this dude is 33 years old. He's a former Georgia Tech uh, Bulldog, is it? No, no, that's Georgia. But anyway, uh, Georgia Tech, he played with Calvin Yellow Johnson Jackets. Too. Yellow Jackets. He played with uh, Megatron, and um, he was an all-conference player too. But it's just crazy how like, yo, at the top of your game, like imagine losing your franchise quarterback like out of nowhere to the extent of like what this is. Because this dude for, for wrestling is their top guy. So imagine having to be the Cavaliers and you have to replace LeBron James. Like eventually you might, but it's gonna hit your company and your organization right away. And you lose LeBron James to cancer, which is even like crazy. Yeah. Shout out to him, man. Uh, cancer sucks. Yo, I don't know why, but that shit hit me mad hard on Monday when I was watching that. Cause like he came out in street clothes, and then he dropped his real name. And anytime a wrestler drops like his real name and not his like character name, you know that shit's What's about to get real. It's Joe Annoy. Joe Annoy. And when he said that, I was like, oh, shit, it's about to go down. Yeah. I was like, damn. And then and then his boys came out and they did like the the shield. They put like their fist out and they do like a fist bump. And then the one dude, Seth Rollins, started like breaking down. I was like, damn, son, that's that's when you know it's like authentic and raw reaction there. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just, uh, that shit is yeah, that shit trash. sucks. Yeah, well, soon. Imagine man. playing, no, well, wrestling with that shit too. 
Like, that's crazy, man. He was a beast. Was Anthony Rizzo, did he play with it too? Or did he have it before? Uh, I think it was when he was younger. I have to look it up. Yeah. I think it was like in his high school days. Because like, be, yo, Eric. When did Anthony Rizzo have, have cancer? Eric, uh, Eric Berry is about to make his comeback soon. And he had, uh, what was it? He didn't have leukemia. He had, he had uh, lymphoma. Yeah. So it's crazy that these guys, man, you, you start to root for them differently after. You kind of root for, you start becoming fans of certain players as opposed to like rooting for teams. 2008. Yeah, he was 18. Yeah. He had lymphoma. He was with the Red Sox in the minor leagues. I don't know if he was, if he sat out or whatnot. That shit is scary, bro. It is scary because, man, silence. It's random. Yeah. It happens at random. Um, all right, cool. Let's talk about uh, the NFL games of the week that we have picked out here. Smooth transition. The first one. Uh, <laughs> The first one is the Ravens at the Panthers. Uh, yeah, so th- <laughs> this is going to be a good game, man. I, I, I think for this is a game where if you take these two teams and you look at them, you're like, all right, they could either be legit contenders for real success, like maybe even a Super Bowl, or they could just be a kind of pretenders, 9-7, uh, 10-6 type team who kind of just sneaks into the playoffs. And I think this is going to be a big test for both of these teams. The Ravens, I already went over their defense and how good they are. They held the best offense, well, the second best offense in the NFC to the most points per game in the NFC to 20 points, 21 points, excuse me. That's 14 less points than their season average. They they played really well in that game. They stopped the Saints, which is something that no one has done. Um, But they did struggle when Taysom Hill came in the game. And they had to run that option. And that's what Cam does. He runs that option better than anyone. So I wonder how much fits Cam's legs are going to have in this game against the Ravens. On the other side, Joe Flacco, he's been playing freaking out of his mind. The Ravens have the third most drives in the league, and that's because they're the one of the better teams on third down. And that's because the Joe Flacco to Willie Sneed connection has really been great. Uh, before the season, I was like, Joe Flacco has a chance to be this year's Alex Smith because of the young guy behind him forcing him to kind of resurrect his career. And I think that's exactly what's happening. I think Joe Flacco is playing better than we've seen him play in the last four years. Um, this is going to be a good game. Uh, this is a complete toss-up. I'm, I'm really excited to see it. The one thing that worries me is the secondary for the Panthers is atrocious. So uh, a couple big gainers by John Brown could be the difference in this game. Also, didn't you go on the record to say on one of these episodes that you didn't necessarily like the Panthers and you think that Cam's just kind of carrying them? Yeah, that as a team, that was last week. I think as a team, I think it was Monday I said that. I don't know. Yeah, as a team, the Panthers around Cam have not been playing great. Mm. Uh, I mean, and around Luke Keekly on defense. It's kind of the them two holding the units together. And Cam has been playing the best quarterback of his career, I think, just in terms of just quarterbacking. Even running, but in terms of just quarterbacking, I think he's playing the best he's ever played. Yeah, I mean, I think he's has his best weapons. I keep saying this too, like Devin Funches starting to put it together back to back weeks. Torrey Smith is a deep threat. He made a big a big play last week, and he has McCaffrey whenever he wants to get rid of it. That also helps having a pass catching back now. Uh, it's pretty much a, a regular in today's game, given mm-hmm. like Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, all these guys. But those three are the elite of the elite, and. Um, yeah, I think that, that offense is going to give the Ravens a little trouble, I think, just because the RPO and the ability to dump it down um, to Christian McCaffrey. It's going to give like guys like Terrell Suggs, linebackers, or whoever's covering McCaffrey out of the backfield a long day. 
But I agree with you. I mean, that, that Ravens offense moves the ball methodically. They take time of possession is their thing. That's why the defense, in my eyes, has been so good, even though it's older. Um, they move it well. And, and Willie Sneed, John Brown, also Michael Crabtree you have to throw in there. He's been playing well ever since he called himself out. He dropped that game-winning right, touchdown. Right. He called right. like, I got to get my shit together. Yeah, yeah. And then last week he made a brilliant catch, so he really just took it away from the defender. Yeah, so Flacco, this is, like you said, Tim, I think this is the first year in my eyes he's earned that contract he signed. Um, he's starting to look like that quarterback they paid up for. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting game. It'd be more interesting if Flacco wasn't quarterbacking mm. and you'd see Lamar Jackson versus Cam, kind of like two mirror image quarterbacks with Lamar being the future. So, But, yeah, I think it's going to be a good game, a low-scoring game. Also, Cam bought that team back. That was their largest comeback in franchise history, 17 down against the Eagles last week in the fourth quarter. So that also has something to be said about it. So they, they're never down and out, especially against good defenses, Eagles, the top defense last week. Ravens, another one this week. The Panthers haven't lost at home um, in, I think, over a calendar year. So eight straight wins. The last loss was against the Eagles at home. So they play very well and up at home. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that we might look back at that fourth quarter that Cam had and the Panthers had when they're in the playoffs and like maybe even hosting a game in the playoffs at home as like the turning point for their season. I think they could easily rattle off like six of the next eight, starting with this one. I was surprised at the line at this game. They're an underdog actually at home. That was kind of a head scratcher. I didn't really understand that one. But I think uh, Cam is going to give them fits. Like Tim was saying, how they really struggled when like Taysom Hill, of all people, would come in and run like these like shit that he was running back at BYU. And that's when you know it's coming. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's not a surprise when like this guy's in there. He's doing one of two things, you know. And I think Cam now is going to give him fits. And you didn't even mention Greg Olson, who seems to be healthy because he's playing about 85% of the snaps in the last two weeks. So. But he hasn't done much. I know, but just the threat. He did and catch that game-winning touchdown, but that was his only second catch. He had two catches for eight yards. Yeah, but just— That guy's toast. But I, I just think that knowing that he's out there for Cam is big. Yeah. And he's still going to draw attention because I still think that defenses, they're probably power-ranking it. McCaffrey out the backfield and then him until, like— I still need to see more from Funches. Funchies, I should say. <laughs> fun cheese. I love it. String cheese. That's fun. Oh my god, Tim. <laughs> what it is? Yo, we're worse and worse by the episode. Yo. Yeah. Yo, MP? String cheese is fun. MP says yeah. MP says yes. Why Funs are you saying fun? Yeah, what's fun about it? Fun you... cheese. Oh. <laughs> it's your it's your corny joke. Get out of here. Eh. It's not my joke. It wasn't a joke. Like, one of our friend's brothers, like, drafted we were doing, Funches. Like, we were his rookie an, year, right? Yeah, we were doing an auction draft, and our, our buddy Josh's older brother was like, I got a pick. He's like, uh, Devin Funches. And we just all started laughing. <laughs> like, we're wow, like, yo, dude. it's Funches. Uh, all right, our next game we have is the Packers at the Rams. Packers coming off a bye? Yeah, I mean, this is, is going to be a cool game. Um, whenever you see Aaron Rodgers, this is the... Nick, you could say this probably better than me. Do you know what I'm going to say? With, with oh, yeah. He's, he's, this is the biggest underdog that he's been, according to the point spread, in his uh, career. Was yeah. that what you were going to say? Bang. You yeah. know, that was so much more success, like together than I would have said it. Concise. Um, concise. There you go. Uh, the Rams have been uh, – the Rams have – there's one way you can beat them. There's one way that's been shown, and that's they're susceptible to the big play, and nobody's bigger than Aaron Rodgers. He makes the big plays. On top of that, Geronimo Allison returns, Randall Cobb returns. Um, so the offense for Green Bay shouldn't be the problem. I think the Rams blow out Green Bay in this one. Hmm. And the reason why I think that is because of the red zone, 
right? I'm about to blow your mind because I could not believe this when I saw it myself. The Rams average 10 drives per game. Guess how many of those they end up in the red zone? Anyone? Seven. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Four. Five. Why is that crazy? Five. They, five. <laughs> five. 50% of their drives, they end up in the red zone. The offense is mad good. I didn't think it would be cr- that crazy. Uh, to, for 50% of their drives, they end up in the red zone? No, when I said seven. I oh, mean, the I mean, points th- they're putting up. That's that's unbelievable to me. Obviously, you guys don't think that's unbelievable, but I think it's unbelievable. Um, Todd Gurley has 15 more red zone touches than anyone else in the league. Uh, Green Bay, on the other hand, is allowing opponents to score touchdowns on 64% of their red zone drives, and that's bottom third in the league. So you have a team that excels when in the end zone, get I mean in the red zone, gets to the red zone 50% of the time against a defense that struggles stopping red zone opportunities. I think it's a recipe for disaster for the Packers, and I think the Rams give them the Congo. I don't think so. <laughs> I think Rodgers getting a week to relax and not have to run around hobbled like he is. We still don't know what the severity of that knee injury is, though. I think the hot take of him having a torn ACL, I can throw out the window because he's moving a lot better. And they're getting those weapons back. I like MVS, uh, Valdez, Scantling. Also, he's a he's a, he's a burner. He runs like a 4-3-7-40, and he's a guy that could stress the field for them. Devontae Adams is matchup proof. He faced pro football focuses worst wide receiver cornerback matchups uh, of the whole year up until this point, if you combine all his matchups. And now he gets a pretty easy matchup. Marcus Peters is not the corner he once was. He's He has to be hurt, and they don't got to keep Tlaib back. So I think that Rodgers is going to keep them in the game because you can beat the Rams through the air, and I think that Rodgers is going to be able to. Yeah, but the Rams have Todd Gurley in the most prolific rushing attack. So if they can keep Aaron Rodgers off the field doing that, I think you know it might be a long day for Green Bay. But like, you know, like Nick said, Green Bay can hit that. Quick play, no matter how long they're off the field, they can still hit scaling downfield, Devontae Adams downfield. Jimmy Graham has had 70-plus receiving. I think he had 100 last week, uh, the week before the bye. So he's been coming out as more of an, an offensive option as he's getting comfortable as the season goes along. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's crazy that this is the largest um, opening point spread for Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. as a dog. You know, nine and a half is what we have it set at, which is still kind of crazy. Um, Packers off a bye, like Nick said. Yeah, I mean it's 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 weird. They both also last played the 49ers. Yeah. In their last games the uh the why well, I'm saying the Rodgers, the Packers being 2 weeks ago. It was the Rodgers. In that yeah. game it was the Rodgers as yeah. they had to come back. Um made it, and the Rams made easy work of them. So I don't know, we'll see. I, I like the the Packers here, honestly. What's the over under on boss mistakes, huh? Haters. You mad. <laughs> Tim said cuz he hasn't made one yet. Yeah, no. Not one that you guys are caught, at least. It's true. He's <laughs> not a name mistake. I don't know. I, I can't remember. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to wait until you said something. Just like, uh, there you go. You like the Packers or the Rams in this game? I like the Packers. You like the to Packers? win? Yeah, yeah. Packers are winning. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Coming off a of bye, this is historically with Mike McCarthy and Rodgers, this is where they get going. I, I, I would like to see more of Aaron Jones. I think he's the best of the backs in that backfield. Yeah. It, it just seems like the offense flows better when he's out there. I think they just, like, give up on the rushing game all the time. They do. I don't know. It's I mean, you do have Aaron Rodgers, but it's just, like, they just seem never Get intrigued about running the ball. Rodgers is 
300 yards, three touchdowns is like a lock. Yeah, for as much as he throws, he only has one pick too this year. Like, I mean, he he never throws picks. Like, this dude is, yeah, this dude is cruising. I think Aaron Rodgers can throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns, and the Packers could still lose by 20 points. Could be. Yeah, I would like to see golf get it going too. Because, you know, Cooks and Woods now, Cooper Cup is going to be out again this week. And I think that th- those two wide receivers can make plays on the secondary too. So it would be nice to see golf maybe, you know, get back in that MVP race, please. <laughs> yeah. It's not It's not like he was – it's not like he's playing bad. He's just not throwing the ball enough because Todd Gurley is yeah, the that, that's the, that's the thing, yeah. It's the whole offense. That guy is amazing, man. Yeah, it's insane. I once called him overrated. That's probably the worst take of my life. Yo, this, this probably is like the – most of first overall fantasy pick has like panned out. Yo, people. You know, I was thinking like, that the know, other day. LT for like three straight years was like automatic fantasy. Change. You know who didn't take him first overall this year? MP. Oh, who'd you take? David Johnson. Oh, uh, I, I took David Johnson second. Listen to this oh, yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> I know Nick talks about taking Saquon over a quarterback a lot. Yeah. The Giants took Eric Flowers, the pick before Todd Gurley in that draft year. <laughs> yeah, and then maybe they get their hands on a quarterback this year, and then you know it's Darnold and Gurley. Never good enough, man. Never good enough. Oh, imagine it was Darnold and Gurley. That would have been fire. It probably wouldn't have been Darnold though if you had Gurley. Right, but it's just crazy. They took Eric Flowers. I think it was uh, riddling off the first round picks. Yeah, you hated that pick from the very second I did, it yeah. was picked. I did. I they came like in here. All. He was like, "Fuck that!" And I wasn't, I wasn't overly excited with Odell getting picked as I'm sporting a uh, LSU Odell Beckham jersey. Uh, I really wanted Zach Martin in that draft, which you know, Zach Martin's an All Pro year in year out. Less headaches too, less money. All right, oh, shit, my eye. damn, you're right, bro. Yeah, it's my eyes. <laughs> Uh, about a tear, tear up. No, I'm he's just, he's just thinking about Eric Flowers. Yeah, no, one tear on Eric Flowers draft pick. I actually had something in my eye. Like, yeah, yeah. Nobody's crying over Eric Flowers. <laughs> Happy tears, maybe, but Eric Flowers is crying over Eric Flowers, as he should. <laughs> um, all right, our final game that we have is the Saints at the Vikings. This game's gonna be crazy. I think. What is that? This is my. It's I'm so shimmy. excited, dance. I don't know. What I'm that is. so excited. Bow, bow, bow. Yo, <laughs> yo, you know what? That's a new bet we gotta make. How many times she's gonna get booed? Yeah, yo, that's da da because that's an insider. That is, like Joe controls it. That is the most uninspiring shimmy of like all time. Yo, listen, I inspire myself with my own shimmies. You, you what? boo yourself? No, I'm just you know. Yeah, yeah, boo yourself. Yo, uh, <laughs> as of today, Xavier Rhodes got ruled out for this game. Oh, big so, one. So that's a that's a huge huge. Uh, ruling for this game because I believe it might have been last year or oh yeah last year when they played week one he kind of shut down Michael Thomas when Sam Bradford came out and threw like three touchdowns and 300 yards so it was a matchup because those two guys are both big body players and it's a good matchup stylistically for both of them uh, it seems to be that Xavier Rhodes gets the better of that matchup historically but that's a big loss to start it off so we need to mention that first and foremost before we really break down this game especially because the saints are third in the league in big plays and that's with number one corners regarding mike thomas so now you take xavier Rhodes out of there and they really don't have anyone but else mike thomas also had two touchdown catches too in that playoff game last year no oh, i mean yeah he they've they've had their moments where both of them they've sparred back and forth they both had wins and losses but yeah i think the saints got to win with big plays and now this opens up that even more i'm feeling a little better about uh in about 10 minutes, you'll see why. But 
I think this game is decided in third down, right? Because if the Saints could move the ball effectively with big plays through the air, big plays from uh, Alvin Kamara and uh, Mark Ingram, right? Then they stay out of third down. Now, why is that important? The Saints, for all their good offense, and this was the same problem they had last year, they're not very good on third down. They only convert 42% of their, their third downs, which is not great. It's not terrible, but it's not great. On the other side, the Vikings are number one in the NFL on third down percentage. Um, now, Anthony Barr might miss the game, so that's a, that's a big difference. But he got torched, torched, torched by running backs. And you got Alvin Kamara uh, coming, and he has, a, he has a chance to make some big plays. I think this game comes down to that. Both of these teams as well have been 6-0 in the last two weeks. And that, I mean, sorry, 6-0 in the last six weeks. And that's because they have controlled the time of possessions. This team is in the last three games for each one of them, number one and number three in the league respectively in time of possession. So I think this game comes down to number, to two things. One, can the, can the Saints stay out of third down? And two, who controls the clock and who controls the pace of the play? And who the fuck is guarding Adam Thielen? That's what I'm most excited about. Mike Thomas, Adam Thielen on the same field. Um, Last time we saw these two teams on the same field, I wore that playoff game. Mike Thomas. I hope it's a shootout. Was Diggs, you know, with the walk off. Diggs. Walk off helmet toss. Crazy. I think think Diggs in line for a big game this this week, too. Uh, He's going up against Marshawn. Every game. Now, he's going up against Marshawn Lattimore, but when he gets away from Marshawn Lattimore, there's really no one else. Bruh. I, yo, I think it's time to start putting your best corner on fucking Adam Thielen. I mean, he's in the slot. He moves around. Yeah, but he moves around so much. It's so hard to like keep up yo, with him. Yo, he's yo. What he's doing is insane. Bro, yo. that's my that's my offensive player of the year. Yeah. Yo, how I'm many how many wide receivers that. are you taking over him? It, it, I feel like the list gets. Smaller. We had this talk, and you I guys know. said I was bugging for putting him over like Julio. If if the fucking like if, you're if, wild, like if this the dude fantasy is season ended right now, he would be like a fifth overall pick. In Maybe fantasy. higher than that. Overall, I mean, yeah, going Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley, him, Adam Thielen. <laughs> he's nasty man. Yeah, I love that. Maybe, yeah, yo, he's completely eliminated. Uh, uh, Kyle Rudolph from that offense like he does nothing for them offensively <laughs> yeah. and and they get about like 75% of the target market share Diggs and Thielen and that's where Kirk Cousins goes to anytime he's pressured Thielen dump offs that's why he's he leads the league in, in targets uh, 100 yard games and shit it's crazy the he guy's crushing he hasn't less had than anything. 100 yeah, yeah he has 100 yards every game he's going for the record this week and he's on pace to break Marvin Harrison's uh, reception record yeah for regular uh, season long reception record God. Calvin beast. Calvin Johnson is the guy he's chasing for most hundred yard games in a row. Yeah, yeah, he has the yardage record too. He had two thousand yards receiving. That's that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Even more ridiculous is that Stefan Diggs is on that team. Yeah. Yes. Like, how does he get so much work when arguably oh, there's a more talented wide receiver nah. on the squad? Arguably, just in terms of running routes and athleticism. Athleticism, yeah, because Thielen is white. That's why. I mean, no. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true, yo. I, you say Christian, you know I say Christian McCaffrey is more athletic than Isaiah Crowell. Sure. Yeah, so? Uh, yeah, but not. anomalies. What do you mean anomalies? Come on. I thought, I thought you were going to say that before. Like, yo, he, Adam Thielen has completely eliminated. I thought you were going to say like the white stereotype by receiver. I'm like, no, he didn't. Still there. I mean, Cooper Cup. Still strong. Cooper Cup, too. Come well, on, white wide receivers are typically slot wide receivers, so they're not really 
sending the trend, you know? Yo, Thielen burned the shit out of someone on the Jets in that game last week. Oh, just like yeah, on that, that go route to I was start. like the first play of the game. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, outside too. I see. He's like backtracking and falls backwards to catch the ball. He was so open. My my heart is torn in this game because uh, you know, I got, I got, What's I got players on, on both game? teams. You know Tim, what, you know what the line is on this game? Minus one and a half. Also, oh, so the Vikings are up. one and a half favorite. Yeah. Vikings are at home too. Mm-hmm. New quarterback, Kirk Cousins. No more Case Keenum. Kirk is real. Bro. How much? So uh, here's like a storyline we haven't even talked about: is this is a rematch of the Minnesota Miracle? Mm-hmm. I just said that. Well, we didn't talk about it though. You just said it. All right. So, do you think <laughs> do you think that helps the Saints or do you think it hurts the Saints? I don't think anyone gives a fuck. Really? I don't give a fuck. I don't know, man. Uh, I think I think you sleep on how much people use like uh, bulletin board material and shit like that, and like the revenge factor. Yeah, but like, uh, do I think that's gonna swing a game? No. No, but I think that they might be a little more fired up. Well, but I got like Marcus Williams. You think that? You think that? Uh, yeah, but like, see, the thing with Marcus Williams is like, dude, you, it was one play. Like, you were a good player the whole year. Yeah, but it was the most, that's Bowl your most trip. famous play. Everyone knows you're 43 because everyone remembers it diving I, I into your that. teammates' legs. All right, so maybe for him. I think the whole squad, they, they thought they were going to the NFC Championship game. Yeah. And I think they think that they would have beat the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. They would have definitely gave him a run for their money. Here's my thing, right? Do I think they're thinking about it? Sure, they're thinking about it. Do I think that as soon as they step on yeah, the field? No, right. I don't think so. I don't think I think it Obviously, disappears. Obviously, yeah, I agree. I, I don't, don't think know. it has anything to do with actual play. I think pre- preparation, absolutely. Unless Marcus Williams believes in ghosts or some wild shit that's going on near that sideline, I don't think it's going to... I believe yeah, bro, in ghosts. Bro, you got a shrine in your fucking... You're doing rituals in the locker room? Like, you're thinking about it, sure. Like, I yo, we got to beat this fucking team. But then as soon as they kick the ball in the air... Let's just fucking play. You Going zero to hundred with rituals. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like that's why I say like I, I, shrines. Like, <laughs> look, they're gonna either that's play. What I'm I think the Saints are gonna play harder because they want revenge. Yeah, I think revenge I, I, is on their mind. You think that changes their level of play? That's what. I, that's what I'm gonna like. The question is, does that does that level of play enhance, or do they get tight and give up more because of it? I, I don't think it affects their level of play. I don't either. I think I, it, I think it affects their preparation, which affects the level of play. Uh, yeah, I guess you can agree. Yeah, I can argue that. Yeah. What I, what I, my point is, I don't think they're on the field like this is the team that got us. That's right. Like, like, this is like a, I don't think they're coming. I out would be. Any no, but harder. I, I think I think you'll definitely see uh, a camera on those guys in like a pregame speech. Like, yo, we had these motherfuckers last year, and then you know some miracle play happened. And yeah. the best players on this team are second year guys. Marcus Lattimore. Uh, I mean, Marshawn Lattimore. Bro, Damn it! Got him. Damn it! That's uh, shout out to Marcus Lattimore. Got him, baby. <laughs> yeah, Gamecock. Yeah, he. I thought he was gonna be nice and oh, he was. He really lost him. two knees. Yeah. Um, where was I? Oh, Marshawn Lattimore is a first-year player. Ryan Ramchek on the offensive line. Alvin Kamara, the the running back. Marcus Williams. These are all first-year guys where their only taste of the NFL is. I think I'm going to the next one, and we get our hearts broken. They have revenge on their. They smell blood. Yo, my biggest pet peeve with the Saints is that since Ingram's been back from suspension, him and Kamara have identical amount touches. of touches. Yeah. Which is like that's how it's gonna be. It shouldn't be that way. I don't in my think eyes. I think it should. I think Kamara's the way bigger playmaker. Oh, without a doubt. Than Ingram. That's what I'm saying. Like you see that. Like we've seen that throughout. Like he is Saquon Barkley. Like I, I named that those three before: McCaffrey, Barkley, and Kamara, the three biggest playmakers out of the backfield. So why not give that guy? As many touches as possible. I'm all for running Ingram between the tackles, but 
I wouldn't be willing to sacrifice Kamara's touches for Ingram's. I think I think the Saints are playing the long game. I think the Saints know that how good they are, and they're playing they're playing the long game. Yeah, but that's like I don't think so. That's like change, altering your game plan. Come like the playoffs or whatever the long game is. Whenever that long game comes. Well, also Kamara has been doubly worked in terms of their plan, so they're probably just getting Ingram back in the swing of things. Uh, let's hope that this ends fucking soon because <laughs> I have him as well. It's going to be a game, big game for me. You have that game and it's 3-0. Don't even bother coming here. Don't even bother coming Monday's here, episode okay? is canceled. Yeah, it's over. Uh, all right, let's get to our picks. Uh, right now, Boss is on fire. He's 14-7. and seven. Yes, sir. Uh, yo, hold on. Didn't the entire podcast go 2-1 last week? Yes, sir. I think so. I, I did, yeah. So, Oh, wow. Look at us. Turn it around. About time yeah. you guys caught up. Uh, so I'm boss is fourteen and seven. I'm in second, nine and twelve. Nick is eight and fourteen, and then Tim. Is, <laughs> Tim is six. <laughs> and, <laughs> Tim is. <laughs> That's not part of the soundboard. Tim is six <laughs> and fifteen. Six and fifteen. Yo, whoever bet the over on booze is cashing out yeah. right now. You're six and fifteen, so go ahead. Tell us what you got. All right, six and fifteen. On the way up though, two and one last week. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a Yankee fan, so I'm not counting my 26 rings in the past. All right, already. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm taking. Where did that Yankee fan comment come from? Because Yankee fans they always live in the past. I don't live in the past. I live in the present. And in the present, I'm two and one. Mm-hmm. And I'm going forward with that That's in mind. Terrible analogy. Uh, my yeah, I know. My <laughs> my three picks this week: New England minus 13 and a half at Buffalo. Um, if you look back in the history of this matchup. Uh, much better Buffalo teams would have fallen to the spread against New England teams in the la- since 2014, I believe I was looking at. So not something that's out of question that New England will go to Buffalo and do that. Um, Derek Anderson is their quarterback. And if you're giving me a matchup of who can succeed, uh, Bill Belichick schemed defense or Derek Anderson. Um, I'm going to let you figure out who I like in that one. Uh, the Saints, minus 10.5 versus Denver because I'm riding that shit until the wheel fall, wheels fall off. Kansas City, uh, 7-0 against the spread this, this year. And I'm taking the Saints, plus 2.5 at the Vikings. I feel a lot better now that I know that Xavier Rose is officially out. I think the Saints are able to hit a few big plays, and I think that Michael Thomas is the difference. Uh, although I do like the Vikings to make it a game, I'm taking the Saints as the underdogs, plus 1.5. I have the Patriots as well, minus 13 and a half. I have the Cincinnati Bengals to bounce back against one of the worst defenses maybe in NFL history. Uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks just lost Quan Alexander as well to a torn ACL. So I got the Bengals minus four and a half. I almost took that one. And I really, really like the Packers getting nine and a half points. Uh, it's, um, it's a spot that I usually just take if I'm getting close to double digits with an elite quarterback. No matter where it is, I'll take it. And now I'm getting Aaron Rodgers for the first time in his career as the biggest underdog in his career. Sign me up. That is, to this date, is my favorite pick of the year. Interesting. Uh, All right. I am going to take the Colts minus three and a half because I hate the Raiders. Mm. (laughs) And uh, Andrew Luck is throwing them things. Okay. Uh, so I think they cover that spread. I'm also going to take the Eagles minus two and a half. I think the Jaguars are just kind of, they've lost themselves. Does it worry you that the Jaguars are like at home in London? No, not at all. Blake Bortles kills out there. It's like yeah. he eats some crumpets, some tea, and he's out there. Yeah, man. Maybe he should just stay there <laughs> because that would work out for them. Uh, and uh, I'm going to take, 
I'm going to take the Panthers getting one and a half against the Ravens. I don't like it, but I'm going to take it. <laughs> Fuck it, basically. And, Boss, you're in first place, so t- why don't you let us know what you got? Yeah, I'm picking the, arguably the worst game on the week. No one's talking about it. Uh, I'm going to take the Cardinals minus one and a half at home and a bounce back. Actually, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that, actually. Why not? <laughs> Byron Leftwich. <laughs> I had Niners written down. Yo, you want to feel I'll old? The Cardinals. Byron Leftwich is an offensive coordinator. Yeah, that's, that's a little that's old. nuts. Um, but yeah, I think they bounce back. I don't know why. They're both one and six, picking the better of the worst. I don't know. Panthers plus one and a half against the Ravens at home, getting points at home. They haven't lost, like I said, in eight straight. That equates to one season at home. So give me them, and I'll take the Redskins minus one and a half on the road against the Giants. Four and two. Giants have sold off two of their guys, so. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure what type of, you know, who's hype mood they're going to come out with. <laughs> but um, they're on a short week too, traveling back from Atlanta. So give me the Redskins in a game they need for the division. I like the Redskins in that game. Mm. Everyone's fucked up. Like he was telling me about that before. I'm like, bro, it's over. No one's hype. No one's excited. It's quiet. We but- went from being really good. And then you saw when McAdoo happened and no one was excited to play anymore. We sucked ass. And now we're back to being that. The Giants have four wins in the last 30 games. Yeah, bro. We're nasty. (laughs) Terrible. Horrible. All right. Anyway, that is our show. Uh, Tim, where can they find you? At Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Killing me. I had to to sneak one in. Till the very oh, end, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, I also someone on someone on the waiver wave commented like, "Yo, Tim, what's good? You're starting to look like a pear." What? <laughs> yeah, I, I packed out a few pounds. All right, guy. Starting to look like a Try, pear. I'm trying. I'm trying to lose him. All right. <laughs> all right. No. <laughs> at um, what else do I have to plug? Oh, at Brodo Fantasy for all your fantasy needs and BrotoFantasy.com, but only if you like winning. Find me at the Lamb Show Twitter Instagram. Check out. I just put out a new video on the YouTube channel youtube.com slash veterans minimum talking about all classico you can find also at degeneration bet for your dfs and sports betting fix baby at and the on tw- uh, 27 on twitter on the gram and i got tim this week in the studio league so you know it's going down i'm I, coming back for blood he beat I, me last time i gotta get him back this time yeah my team is really bad tim's team is really stacked but i'm coming back baby <laughs> my team is terrible dude I need help. Thank God my team is stacked. I don't think Tim has to say anything because he's just like, Haha, I'm going to win. You stupid fuck. <laughs> nah, but that team fucking hurt. I'm hurt right now. Last week I got I got hit with Sony Michelle and Matt Breida getting hurt in the same game. I My team put up 68 points total. Yeah, I'm with you on that. My board. team is so bad in that league. I had Michelle McCoy and Zeke in one league. I, I did pick someone up, like up off, the waiver, off the waiver, though. That's like a secret weapon. Who? Don't worry about it, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Tim, yeah. you send the worst trades in our fantasy league. It's not even funny. Yo, you had to. I had to. I had to. You're impossible, bro. You're impossible. Jordan Howard for Tyreek Hill? Yo, that was in week two. Relax. That's a pretty bad trade. That was in week two. Yo, fam, I told you then that it was a bad trade. I, Tim's trying to capitalize early, just like his brother's trying to tell it's me. It's not even that. Kyle though. Rudolph like, is a buzz. I need him. You guys don't understand the nuance of trade. Like, I send you a and trade. And you guys can follow me on Twitter. <laughs> I still say. <laughs> 
You guys don't understand the nuance of trade. It's true though. You gotta you gotta negotiate. These yo, I've never been in a league before like you guys. What they do is they screenshot your first thing and then they put it in the, in the group chat and they and everyone laughs at you. I know. It's meant to be a, you, a ridiculous offer to see where you're at and then I can offer you a real offer. So why send the first one in the first place? Because to see where you're at. How can I take you serious after that offer? Exactly. Yo, and week two, Jordan Howard for Tariq Hill was not a crazy trade. It was a crazy it trade. It was not a crazy trade. Terry and what's the, what's the trade I sent you this week? It was ridiculous. What? Say it. I don't even remember. That's how ridiculous it was. I sent you a good trade. Guys, if you want to follow me, it's IMPY718. <laughs> you already know on Twitter and Instagram. But real talk, Tim sends the worst real trade. Real talk, if he's starting Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon, and doesn't want a running back. I've been killing, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys can follow the show, Veterans underscore Minimum on Instagram and Veterans Minimum on Twitter. And that is all. We'll see you next time. Let's do it again. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.